0: But it's interesting that uh, when an officer does wind up uh, having a tort claim or filed against them, it's not unusual for most defense attorneys or uh, plaintiff's attorneys to immediately ask for the policy on that particular matter, such as use of force.
1: You're listening to OMAG All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma, hosted by OMAG Risk Management Director Bill Tackett.
2: Hello, my name is Bill Tackett, and you've tuned in to OMAG All Access. This hour, we'll talk about OMAG's risk management services, our grants, and the services we provide. Starting off today, we have our law enforcement specialist, Billy Carter. Um, Billy had a 30-year career with the Choctaw, Oklahoma Police Department, and ended his tenure there as chief. And we also have Kevin McCullough. Kevin spent a good chunk of time at the Oklahoma City Police Department and has also worked for the AG's department and um, has been a law enforcement specialist for OMAG for how long, Kevin?
3: 14 years last month.
2: 14 years. Billy, how long have you been with OMAG? 10 years in April. 10 years in April. So um, during this portion of the podcast, Uh, We'd like to talk about all things law enforcement related. We have grants, and we also have a lot of services we provide. So, Billy, let's start with our GPS program. What does that entail, and what are we trying to do when we initiate that?
0: Well, beginning the GPS program is actually pretty simple. Uh, You just really have to contact me uh, at our phone number here and uh, we can get you started on GPS program, which basically entails we will provide uh, the actual hardware for the unit and pay for a full year's uh, worth of data. Uh, we ended it the year of data. Uh, hopefully, our hope is that the cities will continue some form or of use of GPS systems, not necessarily with a specific one, but uh, simply be able to use GPS to, to help administratively manage uh, employees driving behaviors
2: so Billy the GPS uh, global positioning uh, satellite information we provide that for patrol vehicles only in the police
0: department correct Uh, as far as the grant goes we we do that uh, because uh, it's more likely that an officer will probably die in a single car vehicle accident while responding to a call he's more likely that to happen than to actually die in a uh, gunfire. So we we do that in hopes of reducing their speed uh, on certain calls that uh, just simply they don't need to be going that fast. So, Billy, uh,
2: the GPS program is kind of a companion to your below 100 uh, program that you you and Kevin provide on site to our law enforcement specialists.
0: Correct. We actually uh, provide that training below 100, which uh, the biggest majority of it deals with uh, speed and wearing your safety, uh, your seatbelts, hopefully reducing those serious injuries or possibly death. So um, what
2: exactly does the black box inside the patrol vehicle do, and what information does it provide, and who should use that information?
0: Well, we look at uh, the chief and/or supervisors having certain access to the system. Uh, the system can be set up to where other people can actually view the system, but don't have access to get into reports. Uh, and in the report sections, you can access some, such things as historical data up to thirty days. Uh, we can, and in, in even the historical data will actually show you officer speed. Uh, their location, uh, where they've been, uh, things like that. The things we look for uh, here at OMAG is uh, when an officer is responding to a call, is the speed that he's going at an appropriate speed for that type of call? Uh, the data actually provides and downloads every 10 seconds. Uh, and you can also run many other reports. You can read, you can run reports that actually show you idle time of the units. Uh, you can show the average speed of units uh, throughout a given time uh, it will actually show their slowest speed their mean speed and their highest speed Uh, so when you're looking at uh, idle time and things like that that's a good management tool Uh, when you're talking about gas uh, your budget for gas and stuff like that Uh, i know at choctaw pd several times we actually had to park units for a while because budget wouldn't allow us to buy too much gas so uh, that maintenance cost on those on the idling time uh, can be a great management tool for vehicle maintenance also
2: so you can look at historical data and get trends over time but also um, you get real-time data uh, to the supervisor during the shift and it can also be an important officer
0: safety tool as well Uh, absolutely Uh, in fact the, the the thing that we look at the closest is uh, there's a, a report on there that allows the, the uh, chief to set up uh, notifications to supervisors when a unit reaches a su- certain speed. Uh, for example, a lot of agencies set the original speed limit at 70 to 75 miles an hour. Uh, once the unit breaks that speed, it will automatically and immediately send a first line supervisor a, te- a text advising that that unit has reached that speed. Now, that doesn't always necessarily mean that the officer is in trouble. It just means now he knows that the unit is at that speed and is it a safe speed for that type of call. The speed alert also allows the chief to get a notification depending on where you set it at. In most cases, if the unit reaches 100 miles per hour, uh, then the uh, immediate text goes to not only the supervisor but the chief of police who can then check into that to see if the unit needs to be responding at that speed the type of call that he's responding to lots of our
2: departments billy are smaller departments i think kevin's uh, informed me that over 60 percent of our departments are five or fewer sworn full time so an officer that's responding to a call maybe got through to dispatch maybe didn't but uh, gps coordinates on the vehicle shows their location god forbid they get in a tussle or even uh, perhaps deadly force is used against an officer it could be a life saving
0: tool oh absolutely that was one of the remarks I was wanting to hit on was that uh, i try to look at and read uh, the officer down memorial page uh, quite often to see actually how officers uh, unfortunately wind up being killed uh, in a vehicle crash and there's been several of them over the years where that officers either crashed or been injured in a location where they can't be located and haven't been located for hours. Uh, that's one of the reasons we went to GPS, the the, uh, the company that we currently uh, use. One of his models was that he never wants an officer that can't be found. Well, so with GPS coordinates, if an officer does crash on the way to the call, or like you said, happens to get in a tussle or be shot uh, while he's out there, the GPS data will pinpoint exactly where he's at, which would I'll ultimately result in medical assistance getting there quicker hopefully hopefully
2: so the gps program is uh, is a form of a grant that OMAG provides to our law enforcement uh, agencies uh, we provide 100 um, percent of the expense coverage for the first year for the device and also the data cost um, departments uh, sign an agreement with us and they get a what we feel like is a strong officer safety, um, uh, officer management tool.
0: Yeah, and it's, and it's also good, uh, as we well know, a lot of people uh, either make a complaint against an officer's driving behavior or says they haven't seen an officer in quite some time. Uh, that data can also be used to look back uh, and check speeds to either verify or unverify a, a, a complaint that's issued against the officer. Uh, so as long as things are going okay I mean the GPS and used properly by administrators is a great tool.
2: You know, Kevin, um, another grant program that OMAG has along the lines of the GPS program is the Lexipol program. It's a service that we provide, so it's not a traditional grant in the sense that we're not giving departments direct funding, um, but it's a service that is, we think, um, probably not available to most of our departments if OMAG didn't provide it.
3: Well, I agree with you, Bill. It is a it, it is a policy development service. We describe it as uh, the premier policy development resource in the country. And we do provide that to our member police departments at no cost. So I think that is a a great benefit for our agencies.
2: Now this um, got started because the legislature five years ago, I think, passed passed some legislation that the governor signed that said uh, if you're going to have a law enforcement agency at a municipal operation, then you had to have these policies in place.
3: Yeah, and what's kind of special about that is that Omeg has had attempted to address those uh, topics that are uh, listed in the in the statute. There were there are thirteen high liability and safety uh, issues that the state wanted police departments to address through written directives. And uh, throughout the years, we had developed model policies, and we would try to update those and uh but when we partnered with lexapol um and it, it i think you're right it was about five years ago uh, we developed a relationship with lexapol and uh, we're better uh, equipped to push out good information oklahoma specific content uh, it could be customizable by a small or medium municipal police department so it's, uh, that relationship, we've benefited from it. The uh, Our members have benefited from it. So uh, it's it's been a, a good working relationship with
1: them. OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To win, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash All Access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is services. Follow the directions on the giveaway page, and you will be entered. Good luck.
2: Billy, I think one of the advantages the Luxpole program brings is it's
0: not a one-size-fits-all approach. You're correct. Uh, when we first started this venture with uh, Lexipol, it was a, uh, a little bit of a tough job having to edit uh, uh, the things to, f- to fit uh, our smaller agencies. So as a result of that, a new version of Lexipol policies were developed, and they refer to them as, as the SANCS version, which basically stands for Small Agency, No Command Staff. And uh, when they did that, they basically took out all the things that had sections or divisions or, or uh, reporting to this lieutenant or that captain and just boiled it down to, to to fit all small agencies. Like you said, roughly five men or less, maybe a few more uh, that have maybe a detective but not a specific division or a section. So once that was accomplished, then we had a, a big boost in membership joining that and getting their manuals done and getting them done actually rather rapidly. Uh, and getting those posted out. So that was a big help, uh, being that 62% of our agencies were five men and less, and I would even say a larger part of those were probably anywhere between one and three men and less. Uh, So it's been a big help for our smaller agencies to get an up-to-date and a current policy uh, within a very, very short time with very little effort. So, Kevin, uh, I think one of the more –
2: direct benefits that the Lexipol program brings is the daily training bulletins.
3: Yeah, that's, you know, that was a, a huge positive for me when we first started talking with Lexapol um, uh, about the relationship. And um, those daily training bulletins, first of all, big selling point to our agencies is that if they if they complete the full set of daily training bulletins throughout the year they can receive up to eight hours of uh, CLEAT-approved continuing education. So that's a big plus for that. But also, this is a great way for uh, officers to uh, to learn the policies, uh, to keep those in, at, at, in front of their mind, and uh, it reinforces the policies um, through... Um, through different scenarios that's presented. Each training bulletin takes about two or three minutes to complete, and those can be done on a, a personal computer, laptop, any, any type of device like that, and those are available to the officers at, at any time, so they can take care of those on their, on their shift, uh, on their downtime, just a, a big benefit of the resource.
2: Kevin, when you say um, you can get eight hours of uh, CLETE-approved training on that, that'd be about a third of the training that's required a year, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think they, uh, now they they require 25 hours per year, and you know as we're recording this, this has been a really unusual year, uh, and a lot of training has been uh, canceled. We have the, uh, the COVID-19 uh, crisis going on, and so... Sources of training such as uh, the Lexapol daily training bulletins really can be a um, – uh, it, it's it, it's saved uh, many uh, officers being able to complete their their training, their continuing education requirement online.
2: We do know that um, one of the kitchen sink items that get thrown in if a police officer gets sued is a failure to train. I think the daily training bulletins – keep the Luxpo policy manual, which actually is each individual department's manual because they've made it their own. I think that keeps it from being a three-ring binder up on the shelf gathering dust. I think the daily training bulletins keep it alive, keep it in front of the officers because they're training against their own policies. And Billy, you were in a much smaller department than Kevin was in a, at Oklahoma City. Um, i got to believe that keeping them interested in the policies and procedures was kind of a task for you.
0: Yeah, I uh, wished uh, there's days I died for it. If we'd have had Alexa back whenever I was with Choctaw, I uh, would have utilized it uh, completely, obviously. But it's interesting that uh, when an officer does wind up uh, having a tort claim or a file against them, it's not unusual for most defense attorneys or uh, plaintiff's attorneys to immediately ask for the policy on that particular matter, such as use of force. We want to see your use of force policy. And unfortunately, keeping up with a policy manual for small chiefs is is really very, very hard uh, because a lot of those small chiefs are also working chiefs. So the benefit to that is keeping your policy uh, updated with current information at all times and it's always accessible to those officers like you said not sitting on the shelf it could be on their mobile phone it could be on their laptop in their car or if they need to pull up a policy they immediately have that available to them
3: well, bill um, Billy makes a, a really good point too about uh, updating the uh, the manual that's one of the things about the the lexapol resources that uh, they are consistently and constantly updating the manual when a federal law changes or state law changes, they push out updates. If there are best practices that are coming down the pike, they push those out. They include those in their content. And so they're, uh, you know, our our chiefs are uh, working chiefs. So they're out there uh, on the road enforcing the law and many of them don't get a whole lot of time to take care of the administrative tasks. And so uh, receiving updates on these manuals, the, uh, many of them are automated. That's another great benefit of the Lexipol policy development resource.
2: Kevin, if uh, a chief hasn't yet um, utilized Luxipole, um taken advantage of this program, how can they access it? Who should they talk to? How can they get started?
3: Well, they can, they can learn more about Lexapol on our website, omag.org, uh, and we have some good descriptions of the, the resource there. Uh, they could also uh, contact me or Billy by email. They can contact us by, by phone. Our email addresses and phone numbers are uh, on the OMAG website. Uh, there, there are uh, a multitude of free services that we haven't even had a chance to talk about today, they could go on our website, omag.org. In the upper right-hand corner, there is a free services banner. They could click on that, uh, and that brings them to, uh, they could click on law enforcement, and it lists all types of resources on there, free online training, scholarships, or free on-site training, just the things that we offer to our membership. There's a lot of information that can be had on that.
2: Well, we are running short on time. Listen take a a couple of minutes and talk about actual grants um, that provide funding um, for specific purposes to our departments. Let's start with the body-worn camera grant.
3: Well, uh, that's a good place to start, Bill. This morning I was just working on um, three body-worn video grants. This is uh, something I'm very passionate about. We um, uh, up to I think um, the month of December in 2019, we had uh, pushed out nearly $400,000, uh, I believe, in uh, grants to go towards body camps. Why? And, um, uh, and we, we continue to do so. I mean, that was just through 2019, and uh, our grant program up to that point had been in operation maybe not quite three years so we're, we're, we're committed to that. It is, a, um, it is an easy grant to obtain, to apply for and obtain. We, uh, we require that our agencies are utilizing Lexapol as their policy development sor- uh, source, and they are utilizing the daily training bulletins. And um, we pay for body cams. We don't pay for storage or we don't pay for dash cams. And OMAG will provide up to $10,000 per applicant for those body cams.
2: No, Kevin, do we um, tell them what kind of body-worn camera they have to buy? Do we tell them I'm making a model?
3: Uh, we don't. We we leave the research up to them, the purchase decision up to them. Uh, and, and here's something that's unique, too. We There have been some agencies that have found out about our our grant after the fact. And so we will, and we have reimbursed uh, municipalities up to um, uh, 12 months after their purchase of body camps. So we can either front them the money or we can reimburse them up to $10,000 for that body cam purchase. Kevin,
2: one of the... Um... Programs OMAG, uh, you and Billy, have been very involved in for years and years and years is new chief training. Um, that's required by statute for a, a newly appointed chief to attend. Yes, it is. And um, why, don't you, um, why don't you run through the program
3: that we offer with the uh, new chief training? Well, we've partnered with the Oklahoma Association of Chiefs of Police uh, to help provide a lot of the instructors for that course, it is a forty-hour course. We've uh, that course is offered uh, up to twice per year, and um, if if the participant is a new chief and they are an OMAg member, they're an OMAg municipality, then OMAg will pay for their registration for that training and OMAG will also pay for a hotel stay because it is an entire week, and uh, most of them have to um, travel um, away from home, so they're not able to travel back and forth to uh, to and from their agency or their home. So we pay for the registration fee and for a hotel stay for that week.
2: That's an outstanding program. So basically, if they've got enough gas to get there and And money to cover a few meals until they get reimbursed, and it's basically free.
3: It is, and it is a quality training program. You know, we we, uh, update it really just about every every session. So about every six months, we will have a new session. We will have anywhere between 40 and 50 chiefs, administrators, uh, upper-level command, and supervisors that will attend that training.
2: Well, I appreciate Billy and Kevin joining us uh, today for uh, a Risk Management Services edition of uh, the OMAG All Access Podcast. Kevin's correct. There's a lot of great information at uh, omag.org, more information on services, grants, and scholarships. I know that Billy and Kevin both take a um, use-of-force simulator uh, on-site to departments, Uh, teach de-escalation, teach the Below 100 program. Um, Both Billy and Kevin have actively um, inspected and evaluated um, holding facilities, lockups and jail facilities as well as evidence uh, rooms. Pretty much anything that has to do with municipal police operations. OMAG is very fortunate to have two very seasoned law enforcement specialists that are available. So I'd encourage you to go to omag.org and learn more about the services we provide. Contact Billy and Kevin directly and get on their schedule. Gentlemen, thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. On the next episode of OMAG All Access.
2: And it always thrills me to be able to just, you know, uh, accept a, a grant, get it approved, and get that money out to the cities
0: as soon as possible.
1: This episode is copyright OMAG 2021 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.